Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. Chris is going to come to bring the message. God bless. Sunday for the Sunday services and when I go home I have this um, emptiness in my heart. I feel that I wanted to be um, connected, I want to help, I want to serve other people. However, I don't really know where to start and who to talk to. So I prayed about it and this desire kept going, growing and growing every week. And later on, the Apex class was introduced, so I decided to attend the Apex class. I was then uh, connected to the worship team. From then on, I, uh, I served with the worship team, and it started on June of 2014. And the need for the E-Kids helper arose at that time, so I volunteered to help with them. And um, as we go on, on Wednesday services, I also saw that... Um, the family worship also needs helping hands. So we prayed that our work schedule will permit us, and it, and it did. The Lord gave us uh, the opportunity to be here every Wednesday. Serving has a great impact on my life, in my relationship with the Lord, and my relationship with other people. As I get connected with other people, I see the bigger picture of God's plan for the people around me. I know that they need salvation, they need healing, they need encouragement, and even their material needs. So now my eyes are not focused on myself anymore or my family needs. I also see the needs of other people around me that brings me to, on my knees to pray for them and do something for them. On the personal side, my desire uh, to yield more on the Word of God and on the presence of the Lord, just grow more and more. And I'm also happy that I get to be a part of the journey of other people in their Christian life. To all of you guys who are hesitant to serve, I encourage you all, please make the first step decide. Decide to serve and follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Sign up at Grand Central. There's a lot of areas in the ministry that will greatly appreciate your help. And I know that the ministry head, heads and the pastoral staff 
they will help you out as you get started. Let's remember that the field is ripe and ready for harvest, but the laborers are only few. And let's also follow the example set by the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to this world to serve and not to be served. And also, let me remind you that there is joy when you serve the Lord, but there is much greater joy when you serve the Lord and you serve others. So sign up now! Thank you so much for uh, Lorema for making that video for us. Ironically enough, she is actually serving today right now in the sound booth for us. So let's give it up for Lorema for that incredible testimony. Uh, that's just one testimony of many people in our church that we could point to and just show you the benefit of serving. And so uh, right now up front, you've gotten the t-shirts already. You see the banner. you got a bracelet on your way in. Everybody knows what we're talking about today. We're talking about serving. Now, one of the tendencies will be, if you've been in church for a while, you've probably heard dozens of messages on this topic, and you're already thinking to yourself, I already know which direction this is going in. I've seen the insert in the bulletin. I already know what's going to happen. But I want to challenge you to not tune out on what we're going to talk about today, because the reason why serving is talked about so much in the Bible is because it is a critical part of a Christian life, and it's something that we have to get drilled into us over and over again because we have a tendency to forget about the importance of it. Uh, some of you guys may even remember, it wasn't that long ago that I actually preached another message on serving, uh, and I talked about your piece of the puzzle or the picture of God, that God has a picture of what he wants to do through our church and our community, and everyone has a part to play in that, and we gave you guys a little puzzle piece on your way out. And so I would love to say that since that message, an exponential amount of people began serving. Uh, but we're having this conversation again because it's something that we need to be continually reminded of. So if you are following along today in your uh, paper Bible, you actually have a physical Bible because you are a super Christian, you can turn with us to Mark chapter 10, verse 35. We're going to be reading from 35 to 45, uh, or we will have it on the Sky Bible behind me. The text starts in verse 35. It says this, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him, being Jesus, and they said to him, teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask you. What do you want me to do for you? He asked them. They answered him, allow us to sit at your right and left in glory. Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We are, they said. You will drink the cup I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right and left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the disciples heard this, they began to be indignant with James and John. Jesus called them over and said to them, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high places are tyrants over them. This is a part of the scripture that we want to focus on today. Jesus says, but it is not so among you, believers. It is not so among you, Christian. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I just want to say a quick prayer over the message today in 
I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to do a work in our hearts individually and corporately as a church. Lord, we thank you for uh, just the constant reminders that Scripture gives us to grow in these areas of our life. I pray for all of us right now that you would be stirring and working in our hearts, that it, it would be like finely tilled soil ready to receive the seed of your word, that we would all leave here challenged and encouraged today to look and live more like you. So I pray, God, that on the backside of this message, as we continue to go through our vision series, that we would be a church known for serving others, because that's what you are known for. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Even if you've heard dozens of messages on the importance of serving, we can all always afford to be reminded. We see this even in the lives of the disciples uh, because this conversation was something that came up quite frequently. Uh, It was even just in the chapter before this one. Right now we're reading in Mark chapter 10. But if we actually go back to Mark chapter 9, literally the chapter before this, Mark 9.33, there's a conversation happening. It says, they came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What are you arguing about on the way? But they were silent because on the way they had been arguing over which one was the greatest. Sitting down, he said to them, to the twelve, he said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. Literally in the chapter before this, Jesus is sitting down with the disciples telling them, If you want to be great, you have to serve others. In a chapter later, these two numbskulls have the audacity to approach Jesus and say, Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask you. Can you imagine standing face to face with Jesus, the man that was getting ready to give his life for your sins, and to have the audacity to say, We want you to do whatever we ask you? But if we're not careful, it's very easy for us to slip into this sort of thinking as well, where we treat our faith as a means to an end, that we treat our faith and our relationship with Jesus as something that we can leverage to get something for ourselves. And so if Jesus is having to continually have these conversations with the disciples, these men that gave up everything they had to follow him, to live life with him. They saw him do miracles firsthand. They saw him preach messages. They heard these words over and over, and yet it still wasn't drilled into their brains or their hearts because our hearts, above all things, are deceitful. And so that's why scripture reminds us over and over again about the importance of something like serving. So even if you've heard a hundred messages on serving, We can all afford to be reminded about the importance of it today. My goal today is not to specifically talk about serving in the church. We've given you an opportunity to do that. There's an insert in your bulletin, and we certainly have needs within the church. But I think that there's a deeper level beyond that, that we have to get to the heart of serving before we serve. Because when we understand the heart of serving and why we need to serve, and we actually dig into that deeper level, then signing up to serve in the church is easy because we have the heart for it. But if you sign up for it and you don't have the heart or the understanding of why it's important, then your time serving is likely going to only be a quick stay. So as we look at the heart of serving, I think that there are three specific questions that we have to ask. And I'm going to go through these questions And they sound very basic, but again, there's no thing too basic to be reminded of in Scripture. So the first one I want to ask us is this. How do we serve? How do you serve? How do you serve? Oftentimes, the motives behind why you do something is just as important, if not more so, than why you actually do it. 
We see these disciples following Jesus, and yet they have this conversation with him asking for, trying to leverage their relationship with Jesus for personal gain. And at this moment, it's fair to question their motives. Why are you following me if you are trying to seek this position? And we have to examine ourselves and really ask the question, how do we serve? In verse 35, we see that James and John, they're they're willing to follow Jesus, but they are asking him, we want you to do whatever we want you to do. Their motives are personal gain. They wanted position. They wanted power. They wanted status. They asked for the right to be at his right and left hand. They thought they deserved that. They automatically deserved it. Over the other disciples, over everyone that had gone before them in the Old Testament, they saw themselves in a position of deserving those places because they were looking through a lens of pride. And if we are not careful, sometimes if you serve without the proper heart, you can do so out of a position of pride. I'm going to serve because I want somebody to notice me. I'm going to serve because I want the recognition. I want the accolades that come along with serving. I want to serve. And yeah, I might serve in this department for a little bit. But you know what? I'd really like to get up there and preach a message and show them really how it's done. I'd really like to, I'd really like to get on the worship team. I've got a great voice, but you've got a terrible heart. If we don't understand the why behind how we're serving, if we don't have the right heart between how we serve, then it doesn't matter what position we have. We have to really examine in ourselves how do we serve. It's so easy to fall into these traps. Serving with improper motives is just volunteering. And there's nothing wrong with volunteering. But Jesus didn't call us to be volunteers. He called us to be servants. There's a big difference between the two, and some might argue that this is semantics, but all I tell you is this. If you're volunteering, you get to choose when you volunteer. You get to choose where you volunteer. You get to choose how you volunteer. And guess what? You even get to choose not to volunteer. But if you are a servant, being a servant is a much deeper calling than just simply volunteering. Being a servant means that you don't just serve at the church when we need help with something. Being a servant means that, yeah, you may serve in the church, but it means that you also serve when you go home. And it means that you also serve when you go to work. When you are out and about in the community, it means that you have a a heart that sees need everywhere that you go. It's easy to serve in the context of a church because we give you places to do that. But if we were to really examine your life as you went throughout your week, if you went throughout your day at work, would we see that same heart to serve? Because if we really examine ourselves, we have to have that same heart. You know your heart's in the right place when you're serving everywhere you go. But if you only serve on a Sunday or a Wednesday, that's an area that we can help you grow in that. We want you to have that right heart because at the end of the day, we are not called to just volunteer. Volunteering is great, but service is so much deeper than that. And we see that even in the story of Jesus, that serving was his identity. Serving was the identity of Jesus. We can look at the life of Jesus. And as we go back into this story here, if we go back into our verses here, Jesus is basically telling the disciples, my life has two purposes. My life has two missions. My life has two identities. One is that I'm going to give up my life for many. And two, I came to serve. Serving was the identity of who Jesus was. It wasn't something he did. It's who he was. So for us as a church, we're not called to serve. We're called to be servants. We're called to be servants that see need everywhere that we go. So how do we serve? We serve from our identity, not our position. 
We serve from who we are in Jesus. If Jesus was a servant, if serving is who he was, then serving is in our DNA. If we're followers of Jesus and we say, yeah, I'm a follower of Christ and I want my life to look like his and I'm patterning my life after Christ, then servant is who you should be, not an activity that you do when you feel like it. So how do you serve? The next question I want to ask us is this. Why do we serve? Why do we serve? In Mark 10, 42 through 44, Jesus helped reframe the importance of serving for the disciples, for the impact. And I believe that this can be even more impactful for us today. You see, for Jesus, if you look throughout the New Testament and you follow his life, many of the times that he did something great in someone's life, that he brought about a healing, that he raised someone from the dead, or before he did a lot of these miracles, most of the time that Jesus did something great in someone's life, the first step in the process was serving them. The first step in the process was meeting a physical, tangible need because serving opened the door for him to do what he did in their lives. And the same is true for us. As we look at this here uh, later in Mark 12, 30 through 31, Jesus tells us this. The greatest two commandments, Jesus summarizing the entire Bible basically in two commands. And he makes it really simple for us. And he says, the first is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second... He says, is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, summarizing the entire Bible, chooses to put serving on the same playing field as loving God. He puts it on a level of equal importance above everything else in our entire lives and puts it, says, these two things are in a tier of their own. If you are a follower or a believer of Jesus, these two things are the primary pinnacles of your life that everything else should be built on, loving God and loving your neighbor. Now that word loving that it's using there, you can substitute that out for serving, loving God and serving your neighbor because loving and serving are the same thing when we look in the lens of scripture. Jesus loved through serving. So as we look at this, I believe that the more we follow Jesus, the more our lives will become about other people. But the further that we drift from Jesus, the more our lives become about ourselves. The more that we get closer to Jesus, the more our perspective will be going throughout our days, noticing the needs of other people before we notice the needs of ourselves. And some of you in here, you've come and you've served with us at events like our Fall Fest, or maybe you already volunteer in some areas that we have here. You're already serving in some capacity. And, you know, we've all had these days where there's something that you signed up for to serve and the day comes and you're like, man. Why did I sign up for that? I would love to stay in bed right now and and sleep a couple extra minutes and take a good nap. But then once the time actually comes and you go and you serve and you get back home, we all have the same thought. I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I did that. It was totally worth it because no one will ever regret serving. I, I would wager to say right now that there has never been a person that has served and regretted it. Because serving is such an important part of our lives, and it is who Jesus was. And so if we claim to be Jesus followers, the closer we get to him, then we begin to have a view of other people. And if you start drifting from Jesus, that's when the focus becomes all about you. Because when you drift from Jesus, that's when the fleshly thinking comes in. And our flesh is all about feeding ourselves. And what can I get? What can I gain? And we start to become like these two disciples asking Jesus, hey, we want you to do whatever we ask you. We want you to do whatever we ask you. 
And it's easy to look at these two disciples and say, what kind of audacity do they have? But if we're honest, a lot of our lives reflect that sort of thinking. But one thing we need to be reminded of today is that there is no version of following Jesus that makes it okay to ignore the needs of people around you. There is no version of following Jesus that makes it okay to ignore the needs of people around you. If you claim to be a Jesus follower, that means that you are lock in step with loving God, but also seeing and meeting the needs of people around you. And it may look different on your context. Now, for me, I preached a message kind of similar to this. It would have been a few years ago. At the time, we were still having um, Wednesday night junior high services in the youth hall. And Thursday night, we were having services here in the sanctuary. And I preached this message to our senior high teenagers at the time on the importance of serving, loving your neighbor, seeing the needs around you. And at the time, Nora was very young. And uh, Victoria texted me after, she's like, I, I need milk for Nora. So I say, okay, I'll go get some. And it was kind of late at night at that point. So I leave here and I go to the gas station right across the street. And I had to get gas in a car because we were low. And I was getting ready to go over to Wise to get some milk. And while I'm pumping gas, this guy comes over to me who was just kind of standing outside of the grocery store. And this guy comes over to me. He said, hey, man, can, can you help me? Do you have any cash? I need to, I need to get some diapers for my daughter. And first of all, I, I never carry cash. So if you're thinking about robbing me, you got the wrong one. Um, but he's like, I, I, need some, I need some cash. I have to get diapers for my daughter. And I do what we all do. Most of us do. No, no, no. I don't have anything. Sorry, man. And so I go back to pumping the gas. And in a moment, I felt the Holy Spirit, what felt like he just drop kicked me in my soul. He said, you were just on that stage preaching about loving people, about serving people, and 20 minutes later, I give you an opportunity to do it, but you're in such a rush that you missed it. That hurt. Now, luckily, this guy hadn't walked too far away, and so I chased him down, and I grabbed him. I said, look, man, I, I really don't have any cash. I said, but I'll tell you what. If you want, you can hop in the car. I'll take you to the grocery store with me. I'll get you the diapers. And on the way, we have this great conversation where I had an opportunity to share with him the gospel, and I had an opportunity to pray with him there in our car. And it, it, I can't tell you that he gave his heart to Jesus and he started coming to church because, listen, I'm not serving for the end result. I'm serving because it's who I'm called to be. There are a lot of times that you'll serve and you'll never see the results of that serving, but you are supposed to serve anyways. But this was a moment where I had to really wrestle with this reality that this lifestyle of being a servant, it's easy to preach about it, but it's a lot harder to live it. It's easy to post about it, but it's a lot harder to live it. And it's something that we all struggle with, but we're called to really wrap our minds around this. Now, one of the things that happens, especially nowadays in 2021, the world is falling apart at the phrase. And a lot of people have a lot of legitimate concerns and culture continues to shift and but one of the things that I, I am, uh, in some regards, I'm kind of optimistic right now about where we are. Because the more that culture changes, culture is continually becoming more and more self-centered. And in a self-centered culture, selfless people will stand out more. So as culture continues to change and as people become more ingrained in life is all about them, when you are a servant and you're going about meeting the needs of other people and you're meeting their needs and you are making your life about other people, it's only a matter of time before somebody comes up to you and says, what is wrong with you? You say, no, let me tell you what's right with me. 
You have the opportunity to share that. And so just like Jesus used serving as a means to reach people, we have the opportunity to do the same. As the world continues to be more ingrained with self, selfless people will stand out. So I believe that that's one of the reasons why Jesus made this message of serving so important. Because even in biblical times, we see that the disciples, they were concerned with themselves. And so, yes, we can talk about the, how bad culture is getting, but this, this idea of being ingrained and in just so focused on yourself is something from the beginning of time. It's simply pride is all it is. And the more that we hold on to our identities as servant, the less things become about us and the more it becomes about people around us. So how, why do we serve? It's because in a self-centered world, selfless people stand out. The last question I want to ask us is this. Who do we serve? Pastor Wayne, if you want to come at this time, who do we serve? Now, I can ask this question, and everybody in the church is going to get it right. It's a, you know, if you get it wrong, we'll pray for you after church. Who do we serve? Who should we serve? Everyone, everyone. Jesus, everyone, everybody around us. Who should we serve? Everybody. That's really easy to say, but it's really hard to do. It's really easy to say, but it's very hard to do. As we go back to our text in Mark chapter 10, verse 44, Jesus says we are called to be a slave to all, everyone. And these aren't just words that Jesus said. He exemplified this in his own life. One of the other times that the disciples were having a disagreement about who was going to be the greatest amongst them was actually on their way to the Last Supper. If we look in John chapter 13 and we go down to verse 14, by this time, uh, Jesus had already called the disciples in to eat with him at the Last Supper. And in this supper, in this dinner, you have uh, Peter, who's going to deny Jesus three times. You have Judas, who's going to betray Jesus and turn him in. But what happens at this Last Supper is as the disciples come in, Jesus washes their feet. And they kind of freak out a little bit about, Jesus, what are, what are you doing? You can't wash our feet. Because washing feet was seen as a lowly position that typically you would have a servant or some designated person in your home that would wash the feet of your guests when they got there. But Jesus, the one who was highest, went lowest. And he started to wash their feet. Now listen to this. He washed the feet of Peter and Judas, knowing what they were about to do. He let them sit at the table. He broke bread with them, which, which right now eating is, you know, we kind of eat fast on the go and we're on our way. Everything's fast and microwave. That's kind of how we live now. But in biblical times, eating together with someone was one of the most intimate forms of community you could have. Breaking bread with someone, was, it was inviting you into someone else's life. And so Jesus invited them to break bread. And he washed their feet. And the reality is, is this, this, this story was still so fresh that Judas left with a belly full of food and wet feet and still betrayed Jesus. With food in his belly and his feet still soaking wet from Jesus serving him, he got up and he betrayed Jesus, but Jesus served him anyways, knowing what would happen. So I ask you today, it's easy to say, yeah, we're called to serve everybody. But is there somebody in your life right now that if they walked into the room, it would be difficult for you to serve them? Because of something they said or something they did? I get it. Life is hard and a lot of us have been through some tough things. 
But whatever you've been through, I assure you, it is not as bad as what Jesus went through because of the process that Judas started through this betrayal. And Jesus served him anyways. This moment right here, this Last Supper moment, was a master class on serving put on by Jesus. A master class on serving. No one is exempt from our service. If I am a servant and I've chosen to make my life about Jesus, that means I'm called to serve everybody. Guess what that means? That means people that don't vote like you. That means people that don't look like you. That means people that don't think like you. That means people you don't agree with. Guess what that even means? People you don't like. We've all got that private list in the back of our head. It doesn't matter if there's anyone in your life, they walked into the room in this moment and the Lord gave you an opportunity to serve them and you would say no, that's a reflection that there's still more work that the Lord wants to do in your heart. And listen, if that's you, it's okay. You're no different than these disciples. But just like Jesus extended grace to them and gave them a teaching moment and an opportunity to grow, he wants to do the same thing with you today. So that's why we are talking about serving, because we need to be reminded. We need to have opportunities to continually reflect and repent and get back on track, because it's too easy to fall into this crack of making everything about us. Now I ask you today, What would it look like if we got all this stuff right? What would it look like if we really understood the how to serve, the why to serve, the who to serve? I believe when we get to heaven and we see the accolades that a lot of people get for their service and the work they've done here on earth, when we get there, we're going to be pretty surprised because it's not going to be pastors with mega churches and people with the biggest platforms and the biggest stages. It's going to be people that quietly behind the scenes, they made their life about serving. It's going to be people that we don't know their names. We don't know their faces. We don't know everything that they do because they're not posting it. It's going to be people that we have no idea who they are. What would it look like if we got all of these things right? It would look like Walt Schubel. It would look like Walt Schubel. If you're not familiar with Walt, last night we had his celebration of life here at our church yesterday evening. Well, unfortunately passed away from complications of COVID. But Walt had all of this down. I'm not telling you Walt was perfect, but if there's one thing Walt knew, it was to serve. If you watched his service last night, you heard person after person get up and talk about the way that he served people, how selflessly he served people. His entire life was dedicated to serving other people. The closer he drew to Jesus, the more his life became about other people. He was an example of what this message lived out would look like. Walt served on the deacon board here at our church for many years. 
And when that time was over, Walt began to serve in other capacities in our church. He did so many things for our church that people wouldn't know about. There are countless days I would wake up and Walt's outside cutting our grass. He served almost every meal our church ever put out. He made connections with local supermarkets and he would take the donations of food that he received and he would bring them to our church and other churches so they can distribute it amongst people in the community. So there were people that were eating meals that they would not have had had it not been for Walt's selfless serving. He didn't want any of the credit for it because it wasn't about him. Serving is simply who he was and still is. Right now he's serving in a different capacity but I guarantee you he's still serving. I go to the gym six days a week, the same time every day, and I work out with the same group of people. One of the days, one of the guys in my workout group kind of shared with me privately, he said, hey, I know, you, I know you're a pastor, I know you work at a church. Um, my family's really going through some hard times right now, and we don't have anything to eat. Is there anything you can, you can do for me? Is there any way you can help me? So I said, yeah, why don't you stop by our church? Why don't you stop by our church? We got some stuff for you. And Walt loaded this man's car with enough food for a month. Not once, but on three separate occasions, he provided food for this man, for his family to eat. And and here's the thing. Four months later, this same guy got sick. He got very sick. In fact, he thought he had leukemia. And the doctors were concerned he didn't have much time. Because of the serving that that took place, because of the food he received from the church, when times, when hard times fell, the first place that he turned was to the church and to Jesus. And so he came to me and he said, listen, I I know that you're a pastor. I know that, you know, you guys did all this stuff for me. You know, I I just need you to pray for me because I'm I'm worried about where I'm at. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about what's going to happen. And so I had an opportunity to pray with this man. and, And I prayed that the Lord would heal him, first of all, as a sign to him that there was still more to do in his life. And I had the opportunity to lead him in a prayer for salvation to accept Jesus into his life. But it all started with a meal. It all started because of Walt. Walt didn't lead him in the prayer. Walt didn't even know his name. But Walt's selfless serving provided the opportunity for someone else to come along and continue the process. When you serve, you don't always see the immediate results of that, and that's okay because this is meant to be a family thing. We all serve together, and one plants, one waters, and and the Lord grows the harvest. So while you might not always see the work in that, when you are a servant, being a servant is not predicated on the outcome of your output. It's not based on seeing results. Being a true servant says, I'm going to serve, and if nobody sees me, if nobody acknowledges me, if nobody gives me a compliment, if nobody even knows what I'm doing, I don't care because I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it because it's in my DNA. It's who I'm called to be. When we were in the the service for Walt last night, his grandchildren came up on the stage, and they shared a bunch of quotes that he would say throughout his life on a regular basis that it just kind of his quotes that he would always say. And one of the grandkids got up there and shared this quote that I thought just so perfectly summarized who Walt was and is. The quote they heard him say perhaps the most is, 
What can I do for you on this fine day? What can I do for you on this fine day? At the end of his life, with everything that he did, with the words that he spoke, with all that he had done for other people, his life could be summarized in one phrase. What can I do for you this fine day? It's always a fine day to serve. It's always a fine day to serve. It's always a fine day to make it about somebody else. It's always a fine day to see needs around you and to meet them. Right now, if we examined your life, if you examined your life, we were here last night having your celebration of life service. What were the phrases that would be said about you? And would any of them have anything to do with serving? Yeah, they're a great person and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's great. But what you did for other people is what matters the most because that's what you leave behind. Doesn't matter how cool you were. Doesn't matter how much money you made. It doesn't matter what material possessions you had. What's gonna remain behind is the impact that you made on other people. And so I ask you, when your time is up, will that same phrase be able to apply to you? What can I do for you this fine day? Just a moment, I, I wanna encourage you right now. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Just have a moment between you and the Lord. We're gonna go into just a moment of, of some self-reflection. This isn't about anybody else in the room. Some of you in here right, you, right now, you're, you're already thinking about somebody else. Well, I serve in five departments and so-and-so over there doesn't do anything. It's not about that. Right now, it's about your heart and it's about your relationship with God. It's about examining yourself. First of all, some of us in here, we've been serving in a lot of different areas, but because we're not doing it with the right heart, it doesn't matter. I think we've got some people in our church right now that maybe you've been serving for a long time, but you've lost the why behind it. You see, when you're serving from a place of seeking position, then your serving is based upon you receiving praise and accolades. But when you're serving from a place of identity, it's because you are dedicated to the mission and the cause of Christ. And some of us in here, maybe you've been serving for a long time, but you've lost the importance of why. You've lost the reason, the mission of why we serve. And today you need to be reminded of that. The Lord wants to give you that opportunity today to, to be reminded of that mission that we are called to commit our lives to. Some of us, we've been viewing serving opportunities as volunteer positions. When you view it as a volunteer opportunity, it makes it much easier to walk away from on the days when you're tired or when you feel like doing something else or you don't want to come back to church quite yet. It makes it easier to just leave all of that because you're volunteering to do it. But when you are a servant, you're dedicated to the mission even when you don't feel like it. Maybe you're in here today and you've served, but your serving has been selective. Maybe you already serve in the church, but you don't serve at home. Maybe you serve in the church, but you don't serve when you go to work. You don't serve when you are out and about in the community. You don't see the needs of other people when you are outside of these walls. When you're outside of these walls, it's all about you. But when you come in here, you know how to put on a serve face and greet people and, and do whatever you may be asked to do. Is your serving selective? Or can you honestly stand before God today and say, serving is my identity and it filters into everything that I do. It's between you and the Lord. So what I want to do is I just want to ask us all to stand to our feet. 
And if you are willing to be a servant of God, not, not as a means of a position, but as a means of identity, I want to just invite you to raise your hands. And I'm going to lead us in a corporate prayer that I want you to follow after me in. And after this prayer is done, Pastor Wayne is going to continue to play. And if the Lord is stirring something in your heart, if there's something God is speaking to you right now, maybe there's something that was said that really kind of hit home to you. Maybe that selective serving part stuck out to you, or maybe the improper motive stuck out to you, or, or maybe just being reminded of the importance of the mission, maybe just being reminded of the fact that we have to serve everyone, even the people we don't like. If that's you, I, I want to encourage you today, when this prayer is over, to make your way to the front so the Lord can deal with that in your heart. Don't let this moment pass you by because just like the disciples, your flesh is waiting right outside of these doors to jump back in there and to get you off track and to make everything about you. But if you are willing to pray this prayer, this is the first step in the process of becoming more like Jesus. So right now, if you want to pray this prayer after me, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, every crevice of it. Give me your identity, an identity of a servant. I don't want to serve when it's convenient. I don't want to serve when it's a position I like. I don't want to only serve the people I like. I want to follow your example, Jesus. Would you give me your identity today? In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to pray a closing prayer over us and then you can make your way to the front. Even now, if the Lord is stirring something in your heart, you can make your way down. But Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you're doing in our church and through our community already. But I pray, God, that by the end of this vision series, as our church goes forward into the community, that there will be tangible, physical evidences that we are a church full of servants, of people that are making our lives about the needs of other people. If everyone within these walls right now and watching online right now, if we all made our lives about serving others, our community would look much different. So I pray that, Lord Jesus, the outcome of this message is not some sort of temporary spark of passion, but that it would be a deep commitment to following after the footsteps of Jesus, of letting serving be our identity. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. These altars are open. If you want to make your way down to the front, we will have some people that will gladly come and pray with you if you need prayer. Don't let this moment pass you by.